You must be in Manitoba by now. I've planted the spring seeds, uh, spinach and carrots and radishes. I'm sending this to William, Harriet Four's son who lives in Brandon. The accountant, you remember? In, in case you stop there to sleep, maybe, as you pass by. If you pass by. Though, I know you probably won't, and probably William will be confused by the name on the envelope. Anna Vogel, care of William Porter, and will post it back to me, but that's okay. I'll give it to you when you get back. Put it in a pile next to the pile I'm making of the letters you're sending here. They're on the kitchen table, because I, I hardly need all of it to eat at. I haven't been out to see Russell in his field since last week when he suggested that maybe I shouldn't come back for a little while because uh, I got a cough and it could scare away the deer, so I stay away. But sometimes he comes by after he's done looking, and we have coffee. Or sometimes he leaves notes on our door as he passes by. He's well. I haven't told him where you've gone. Told him you're out, that's all. Here. Otto. P.S. I know you've gone to see the water, and, and you should see it, Etta, you should, but in case there are other reasons you've left, in, in case there are things you've discovered or undiscovered that you didn't want to tell me in person, in that case, you can always tell me here. Tell me here, and, and we can never mention it outside of paper and ink, or pencil. Etta was in Manitoba. She could tell because the license plates had changed. She'd been walking for fourteen days so far, washing her body and hair in rivers and streams when she could find them. If her clothes were dirty, she would walk into the water with them on. Not too far, just enough to let the current pull the dirt and sweat away, and then she would close her eyes and hold her breath and duck her head under, the feel of moving liquid through her thin white hair against her scalp. At home she'd kept it curled to look like more than it was, but here it dried straight and fine, and she tucked it behind her ears like a child. If her clothes weren't dirty, she would take them off and walk into the rivers naked, the cold hitting her in patches, Knees, sex, belly button, breasts, mouth, hair. But there weren't always rivers and streams crossing her path. Etta would sometimes go for days dry. Some months earlier, she had started getting pulled into Otto's dreams instead of her own at night. She would be pulled right in and would be there, in water, in trousers, standing on a gray beach, with blood lapping up to her knees and men all around yelling. And she would be there, sometimes with a spoon or a towel in her hand, sometimes with nothing, night after night. She tried to sleep without any part of her touching any part of him so his memory couldn't find a contact point to slip into hers. Because Russell waltzed, instead of walked, maybe. Or maybe because he usually slept back at his aunt and uncle's so that he didn't hear and wake when the Vogel parents, late, late into the night, sat at the kitchen table with the radio, 
or just with each other, and talked about hmm, this thing rolling up and over countries. Lots of them. Rolling over people. Homes, everything. Sucking them up. Young men especially. Young men like them and their brothers. Because Russell didn't wake and put an ear to the rough floorboards, careful of splinters, to hear news from downstairs. Or maybe, because he waltzed instead of walked, Russell wasn't afraid like the rest of them, the autumn he and Otto were sixteen. The autumn they had all finally begun going to school for real. Really trying, this time, now that there were fourteen other Vogels to share the at-home chores. Russell didn't seem to be afraid at all. He whistled when he waltzed to school.